You have found Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast number 79, Thomas Miller. Thank you for listening. I'll tell you, I really honestly don't know that I've had any more apprehension going into recording a podcast than this one because I'm going to really pull the curtain back and just be hanging out there vulnerable on something that I had a major breakthrough on this week that I'm going to tell you my story and what I'm doing. And hopefully in this story, you will hear something for yourself. So don't listen to this through my perspective. Listen to this through your perspective and just see as this story unfolds if there is something that you might lock onto that you would either like to explore deeper for yourself or that you might have an epiphany of your own even in the next 15 or 20 minutes. First, some quick housekeeping. If you have not joined us on Twitter, go to SubconsciousMM on Twitter, at SubconsciousMM on Twitter. I am actually posting a few things during the week and trying to just throw a few things down of stuff that I'm doing during the week. And uh, it's not a habit yet, <laughs> but I'm working on it. So I'll see you over on Twitter, SubconsciousMM. Also, if you would like to be notified when a new podcast comes out by email, you don't use RSS feeds, then go to subconsciousmindmastery.com. And in the upper right-hand box, you can put your email in there. That's all that it gets. You won't get a thank you letter. You won't get a confirm your email. It's just all it does is it puts you on a list that every time a podcast comes out the next day in the morning in the U.S., you will get an email and it'll just say, hey, there's a new podcast. Okay, now let's talk about this breakthrough. So how this came about is over the last several weeks, I have really been on just a personal take my life to new heights kick, if you will. I've been striving to get more done, taking the workout to a new level, performing at work during the day job at a higher level, creating new revenue streams, new income streams for myself personally, started a book that I'm about maybe between now, what about 60% through, let's say, at least as I'm recording this now, this is a new book that I'm writing on the subconscious programming of fear. Have not titled the book yet. That's still going to come out. But my goodness, is it going to be good and you're going to want to pick it up. And yes, there will be an audio book. Of course, there will be an audio book. See, Fred Dodson has stopped, well, he's not stopped writing by any means, but no new books on the on the horizon. He's focusing on seminars, has this big, huge seminar in, uh, where is it, in Italy in October that's going to be really cool. But uh, his, his focus is, this summer has been on touring and seminars, so nothing coming down the pipeline there. And I just thought, well, I'll just write my own and record it. So that's what's going on there. Now, to in order to do that, you have to make some changes, right? So I have really disciplined my daily activities, been going to bed earlier. I have taken the topic of wine out of my routine. <laughs> I love wine. You know, it's like I like to drink wine. I love having wine in the evening. And I've just removed that because, number one, I'm sharper and clearer so I can extend the book writing later into the evening. That helps go to bed with more crispness so I'm sleeping better and definitely wake up feeling better. And it's helping my diet, which that's the other thing that I've been doing is been on this diet uh, for the last six weeks or so, down about 22 pounds so far. 
And when you eliminate, if you're trying to lose weight and you eliminate alcohol, it's amazing how the pounds turn in your favor. <laughs> so I've added that to the repertoire and changed my morning routine as well. You know, really your morning routine begins when you go to bed the night before, right? So I'm doing some affirmations. I'm putting some things in my mind and making sure that I have everything in line for the next day before I go to bed. So there's a little bit of a wind down process at night. And then when I get up in the morning, I'm doing about 15 or 20 minutes of yoga. And that's just to center and loosen up my body. And I can definitely see a direct correlation between that and how more, much more limber I am at the gym. And then I'm doing a program right now, just happen to be in the middle of this program by Dr. Sean Sullivan called The Mind Master. I mentioned this back on podcast number 77 as well. And Sean Sullivan was somebody who I found early on kind of in the journey process of where I started changing my life and really uh, making a new difference and living consciously. And, and I found his work, which he has almost completely revamped. But I'm doing one of his online courses and really had a major breakthrough this week. If you go online, and I, I said he had, has revamped these, if you go online on a desktop computer or a notebook computer, laptop, you will If you go to themindmaster.com, then you will see that he has three courses. One is weight loss, ironically, and I'm going to do that next. There's a course on happiness, and there's one on anxiety and stress. Now, this goes back to some other stuff. If you go on an, an, iPad, what are you, an iPad, a tablet, then you will see that there's another course you can buy inside the app, and that was the original course. That's the one that I started with. That's the one where the bridge keeper idea comes from. That was the original course that really set me looking at the subconscious as something that you could dialogue with. You could have a conversation and even give a name to. All of that came from doing that original course by Sean Sullivan. I have lost my login to that, but it's only 10 bucks, and I'm going to gladly buy it again. And that will probably be the third thing that I do. I'm going to do the one that I'm on now which when I lost the course, he gave me a login to uh, the online and I had to pick one of the three. And the one I picked at the time was anxiety and stress. That's the third of the online courses. I'm sorry, this is a little confusing. But anyway, that's the deal. So I landed almost by default on anxiety and stress. And I was going back through that course looking for the bridge keeper and I didn't find it, but I, I just thought, well, why not do the course again? It's, it's time. You know, sometimes when you do these courses and you're in a particular state and you get something out of the course and then time goes by and you redo the course, you get a whole different perspective from it. Because if you're working on your life, then when you, when you revisit a course like that some period of time later, you're doing it as literally a new attendee. You're at a different place in your life. You're going to hear things differently. You're going to lock on to different material, and you're going to have different epiphanies and different breakthroughs. So that's what I've been doing to feed myself. So that's another part of the morning routine. Then I'm doing some meditation and some journaling, and then that rounds out pretty much. Then it's time to get in go to work. Another thing that I've been doing is uh, I had a habit of waking up, and I would somehow always engage the phone into something about the world out there. Emails, Facebook, the breaking news alerts that come up, all of that stuff. 
Now what I do with the phone is I turn the alarm off and I turn it over. And I don't even look at it until it's time to sit down at the computer. And I will tell you, if you only get one thing from this podcast, and I hope you get much more, but if you only took one thing away, if that was it, that would probably be the one thing I would point you to right there. Wake up, establish yourself a morning routine, and turn that phone over. Don't be texting people. Don't be looking at emails. It's a discipline because... I have several alerts that pop up because of what I do during the day. I have all these news alerts and everything that come through. But I'm disciplining myself to turn the alarm off and turn the phone over. And the phone will sit there until it's time to start the business day. So that has made a really big difference. Now, back to Sean Sullivan's course, because that's where the breakthrough came this week. The first part of the course focuses on getting your perspective focused on your being attentive to your life. And he has several exercises to help us do that. Now, I would say that that is something that I have uh, distinctly developed, shall we say, over the last seven or eight years. But still, just being in the space of the course, it's a 21-day program. 21 days changes a habit, well, 25, 30, sometimes over 60, but 21 is a good start. 21 days to change a habit. So, The first several days, what you're doing is just focusing on internal dialogue. And that was revealing. I think I mentioned in podcast 77 or 76, one of the the recent ones, that uh, I, I caught myself in some internal dialogue at the gym or just how I was viewing other people, making people wrong, judgment that was coming in that I really wasn't conscious of. I wasn't present, aware that I was thinking those thoughts so frequently. So just doing the exercise of catching the thoughts, listening in on the internal dialogue. So that's the first part. The next phase of the course then starts to segue into some patterns that we establish that become cycles, and he calls them self-defeating cycles. So these are things that show up in your life on a repeating basis over and over that we trigger. So when something happens and he catches, you go, first you establish that outside stimulus trigger. What fires off the cycle? Somebody will say something. Somebody will do something. There will be some kind of an external trigger. And automatically that sends you into this behavioral loop. You think a certain way, you act a certain way, you say certain things, and it's a pattern that you repeat all the time. And of course, as it's going to come around, and I haven't gotten there in the process yet, but what it's going to do is come back around to what we believe and what we've told ourselves and what we've convinced ourselves, which is subconscious programming. Then in the course, he narrows down to help you identify the cycles that keep repeating in your life that need to be worked on. And one of the ones that came up for me is under the category of meaning. And the context of that is the meaning that our life has, basically the value that we attribute to this experience that we're having on earth. And I have struggled with that for years. And one of the things that influenced that early on, again, remember, we talk about these formative years. When I was about 12, my family started taking me to this seminar called the Institute for Basic Life conflict. It was hosted by a guy by the name of Bill Gothard. 
if you were in and around the Christian circles in the 70s, you heard about the Bill Gothard seminars. They were huge. He would fill up these auditoriums. And we started going to the Bill Gothard seminars, and he was offering material that was definitely not being taught in the churches. Now, it was also very legalistic. There was not a lot of grace in his teaching, and there are a lot of websites talking about that now. And I revisited this in the context of what happened this week, and I found out, and this is the I'll be God dog thing that has, again, you talk about a repeating cycle. I had this happen to to me with the, uh, the pastor who was uh, the guy in Bentonville, Arkansas, who um, who had me choose between youth ministry and radio, and I chose radio. And now Bill Gothard, this guy that was a loud, loud voice in my early teenage years. Never knew the man, but I certainly knew his material. He's 80 now, still alive, and in 2014, he was relieved from his duties as the founder and chairman of his uh, his ministry for sexual misbehavior. And I guess that's all I'll go into it, but I'm calling that out because this guy's work had a prolific impact on my subconscious programming. And to find out that during all of that time, he was doing that. What it did is it helped me reprogram this crap faster. (laughs) It really did, because I'm like, you asshole. Sorry, I don't do that much on this podcast, but you get the point is I it all of a sudden put this guy in a whole different frame of not being some kind of spiritual leader with all this insight, but just being this turd who can't keep his pants zipped. And I'll tell you, you could even use that if you're dealing or if you're struggling with some subconscious programming that you're trying to really get altered. Take the source of it and just apply the Bill Gothard concept to it. Make the guy a total prick who can't keep his pants zipped, and then it makes you go, I'm not believing that shit. Again, I apologize if that – I don't want to offend anybody, but I'm saying that out of the shock value of, look, when you believe something and you think in the context that somebody is saying something to you and positioning themselves as some kind of spiritual insight leader – and it's all a bunch of crap, and then you find out that the person as well is disingenuous, then look, you, then just from that point on, you can throw out their material. I mean, quickly, right? Just get rid of it. Like, uh, that didn't work. Look where it came from. So this alleged molester, basically, this pervert, Bill Gothard now, we find out, thrown out by his board, is standing up in front of people in the 1970s teaching this spiritual material. And one of the things that he advocated was that um, that life for him had become valuable or meaningful because he had devoted himself to things that were of eternal value. He would say that the Bible says that there are only two things that are of eternal value. In other words, things that will last forever. One is the Bible itself, God's Word, and the second is the souls of men. So in other words, we, when we die, right, we go on into an eternal existence. And if you follow through the Bible, of course, that's either heaven or hell, and that's where he was going with that. I just had the thought, thank God the Inquisition days are over, or he would have been right in the middle of it. <laughs> Yeesh. 
And I'll tell you something else that just comes to mind here. I, I haven't prepared any notes for this. I just, this one was from totally from the heart. This underscores that we have to go inside for our material. And I, I mean, I know that we talk through these stories and experiences and events and everything on this podcast, but I hope you get one thing from this, and that is to go inside your own heart. I hope that message is clear and resonates. Go inside your own heart. Get your own answers. Go into your intuition. Listen to your subconscious programming. Give it a name. Let it talk to you. Have a course of dialogue with it. All of these things that I'm talking about are to get you more inside yourself. Look for the answers within and teach your kids that if you're a parent, because then it will help isolate you or prevent you from having some guy like Bill Gothard influence you the way that he did me. So the way that a 12-year-old's ears who were very spiritually, who was very spiritually sensitive and not wanting to disappoint his parents, how he heard that was... Unless I'm involved in ministry in some way, then my life is not worth anything. That's why a few years later, I surrendered to the ministry at Eastwood Baptist Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma on a Sunday night and said that I would go be a pastor. And that's why the preacher of that church later told me that I was his biggest disappointment because I didn't. And for the, I carried that guilt through the rest of my life. And this might be a good point for you to think of, Was is has there been some guilt from your childhood that you're dealing with? Is there some sandbag that you've carried through your life, told to you by people who really, honest to God, don't matter? Does Bill Gothard matter in my life now? No. In fact, I want to take everything that I that he taught. And I mean, you know, some of it was good, I'm sure. But take everything that's still in there and really clean it out. Apply my do the opposite to it. So... <laughs> that could be a little dangerous, but, <laughs> but but you get the point. I mean, it makes me go, ew. And then that pastor, does he have any influence in my life? No. He said something to me that one day that altered the course of my life, and then I have only one time seen him since. But the damage was done, and that's what I carried through my life. So that extended to any job that I did. I just didn't feel like it was valuable. I didn't feel like I was contributing to eternity. And that turned into that I was wasting time and basically wasting my life. And listen, that's a heavy load for a guy to carry because women, you know, when women meet each other in a social setting, they introduce themselves and say, oh, hi, how are you? How many? Tell me about your kids. And what do guys do? They shake hands and they say, so what do you do? You know, a man's world is determined by his career. So subconsciously, when I would go into a social setting, I would avoid those conversations because really, for me, what it was, oh, so, hey, Thomas, what do you do? Well, I'm kind of wasting my time and I don't do anything eternally valuable, so really it doesn't matter, does it? See how, see how twisted that got? But man, that was some deep stuff. Now, I had worked on that, don't get me wrong. That had come up in the early days of when I started to transition through all of this seven or eight years ago after that second divorce, earlier stories in the podcast that you're probably familiar with, but not to the clarity of working through this material this week. So the exercise had me shine the spotlight on it. First of all, it dug it back up again. It's not something that was top of mind. So it brought it back to center. And first, actually, as I was working through that section, I thought, you know, this is, I mean, I 
really? I kind of wondered why I was there. And then as I stepped up, did the work, dug deeper, it started to bubble up. Because when you work on your life like this, more and more things will want to kind of bubble up to the surface. It's amazing how that happens. So this is something that was wanting to be dealt with. So first the spotlight and then some exercises to help put it in context. So you basically just get this mental image of what this looks like for you to be in this state. And that's what he helped me do was to step back from that reality and to create this perspective, this visual of what it is to be this person who is letting life go by watching the parade from the sidelines. And that was what I got to. And it was like, holy cow. My image was of standing behind this plexiglass pane separated from life, basically watching it go by, but not being able to feel, touch, or experience it for myself. Now, that's an exaggerated image, but that's what you're trying to do is create this exaggerated image of what it really is like, blown to a huge, crazy proportion, right? And I'll tell you, it struck me so vividly that it was like, I am never going to let one minute of another day go by that I feel that my life is not of value or not important or that I'm not living it to the max. It was a total shift of perspective. And then to just have the mercy of the universe, really, to be prodded to go take a look at, I'm just, I thought, because Bill Gothard was quite a bit older, I thought, I wonder if he's still alive. And, and then I found that news that really anchored in the reprogramming. So it was a day of celebration for me. And then to realize that everything that I've been about and everything that I'm doing is just upping the game. It only further helped advance that even more. Now, that's my story. What about yours? First of all, if you want a great course, themindmaster.com, Sean Sullivan. Uh, the one I'm doing is the anxiety and stress course, and excellent. I can't say enough good about it. Only about halfway through and really looking forward to the second half because that's the shift part. But are you dragging a sandbag around with you? Is there something that maybe hasn't come to light? Spend a few minutes thinking about it, meditating on it. See where it came from. Does it serve you? Is it part of you now? Is it something you could release? And that's what all of this is about, is releasing these things that don't serve us anymore and reprogramming and readopting things that do. That's the process. And then the tools of subconscious programming are all the things that we talk about here. Although this was deeply personal for me, myself, I hope that there was something in here that helped you as well. Thank you for listening to Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast number 79. I'm Thomas Miller. Enjoy the journey. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.